Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is an episode which I taped at the start of March when everything just felt a bit normal with the guys who are the founders of Young Henry's Beer. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Sit back, have a laugh. Uh, just a great conversation with three of the most funny and energetic founders in the beer industry that you'll ever meet. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Amazing to have you on board. This is a really special podcast because I'm sitting here with beers, but even more special because I'm sitting with the founders of Young Henry's, Oscar, Richard, Dan, gentlemen, how are you? Very well indeed. Good. Good. How are you, Sean? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that, Oscar, because no one usually asks me when I start a podcast how I am, so I am Oscar's quite well. Oscar's good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, boys, uh, Rich, you were telling me before that, that Young Henry's been around for about eight years, which is fantastic. Yeah, coming um, up in April will be our eighth birthday. Amazing. Yeah. So how did it actually, how did it actually start out? A conversation over a bar, as it turns out. Really? Uh, yeah, so I was, I was in the industry already, I was... I was coming out of um, Barron's Brewing, which was started in the sort of mid-2000s, okay. and I uh, wasn't really happy with how it sort of was get where it was going. Um, I wanted to be more in touch with the people that were drinking the beer, and uh, Oscar was working at my local pub and was introduced, and we, um, we had a, a common love of um, rock and roll, mm-hmm. um, sort of bonded over that initially, and then we started doing a, a beer club there. At the, at the local pub just to get people yeah. talking about different beer styles. We have different themes. Yeah. Um, and it sort of grew from there. What kind of um, what kind of people were rocking up to that beer club back in the day then? Very mixed. It was a really... What was really cool about it is one, one of the things that... I guess that was around the time when social media was becoming a real sort of going concern. Sure. But we made the... Um, we made the decision to not be promoting our beer club on social media we kind of wanted it to be word of mouth because we didn't want it to get too too big and unwieldy we wanted people to be you know bringing their friends and we want like that community sort of vibe mm-hmm. and um that was really cool that and and so that meant it was quite an eclectic bunch of people a whole bunch of different nationalities genders and very proud to say that um, at last count, I think there was about 10 people from the original beer club that ended up working in the beer industry. So it really was just this exciting group of people who were really interested and were keen to jump in and get amongst beer. Just exactly excited about beer. Yeah. And was it, was it a weird kind of time that people would have been really starting to experiment with beer or was it sort of just more... A lot of pale ale, a lot of lagers, a lot of dark ales, that kind of stuff. We we were kind of trying to explore different different things. So we'd we'd have a theme for each night, whether it be a country or um, a country. or a, or a style. Okay. Or we actually we explored like bitterness for one, just to say this is low bitterness all the way up to something that was very high, just so yep. people really understood what that was about. Sure. Uh, we did some matching things like match. Um, beer and cheese, which was probably one of my favourite mm. nights we ever we ever did actually. Yeah, um, you've got to remember that at this point in time, uh, access to a selection of craft beers was not really offered to punters going out, especially mm. in pubs. Mm. You know, you you couldn't get there was one probably one or two places in Sydney where you could 
it was a real destination. If you wanted to have a mix of craft beers, Australian, around the world, whatever you wanted, um, you had to go to a specific venue to find it. You couldn't just find, you know, good craft beers on tap in pubs. So it really was this... Um, people were interested in seeking out and learning about and actually just having access points. At the yeah. same same time, Dan was doing a very similar thing over in... Um, across town. Across yeah. town. Yeah. 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 And so as the as the faux founder... <laughs> I, I came in. He's the one that got in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was the smart Come one. Come in the glory. The, exactly. Yeah. Smart, exactly. Right? exactly. See how it goes. Exactly. 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 You guys test the concept. Yeah. All right, I'm in. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my small amount of money. No, no, but I was... It, it kind of shows what was going on in Sydney at that time because yeah. I had beer snobs, they had beer club, but we were both basically getting people, you know, amped on what it, what craft beer was. Um, and, and I was doing sort of corporate gigs where... Yeah. And I remember the first time I did that, I thought, I, I can't believe I just got paid. I got paid once to fly to Melbourne and go on a boat and go on a cruise and talk about beer for an hour and I thought this is insane if this is a thing I'm in and, and but it all led us to kind of saying I think first and foremost we all wanted to do something a bit bigger than that and and mm. having um having our own brand um we all wanted to do that and, and these guys came up with the concept and, and started it and then I and I jumped in luckily for me yeah, <laughs> and, sorry, and, and for us no, and for us too yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we, had, we had no idea how to sell beer so uh, it, that was uh, that which was, is which is funny and that's how it happened I, I was having beers with them and they said oh we've got this you know everything was being sold locally at that time there was yeah. no issue with selling the beer but it was funny because um, the guys just said, you know what, we just realised we've got no one to sell the beer. And mm. um, yeah, wow, that's that's all I know how to do. So. And it was one of the best jobs ever because instead of giving him a salary, we took his money and he came and worked for free for a few months. Yeah, that was a massive gift. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't tell me that until I was on board. Wankers. But also, also your job was to say no to people for yeah, the first yeah, three yeah, months. Yeah, so, so, yeah. And yeah. just for the record, no one else was getting paid, by the way. It wasn't some... <laughs> okay, it wasn't okay. some cruel, unusual punishment. Yeah. Like, no one was getting paid yeah. for a good six months. You know? <laughs> now, guys, I've, I've been lucky enough to be around sort of craft breweries around the right time, you know, when they've on the up, you know, the last sort of five, six, seven or eight years. I was telling Rich before about when I was living in Brisbane about the guys from Green Beacon mm. and how they opened mm. up. And, and obviously they've been, you know, bought out last year. Mm. Um, but that was my place to go on a Sunday night. Like that was my home, and I would do. My, I would weirdly kind of do my work for the week, my planning for the week in the brewery with a couple of pints. The guys would know my name and all that kind of stuff. That's where I really fell in love with craft breweries. Like, but where did where did that? How did you transition and have that? We'll talk about that love, I suppose for the beer with your consumers like when did it go from being this niche you know beer snob um, um, beer club kind of thing into an actual proper business do you think uh, is, so it a, is it a proper business yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still still sort of wonder about that but um, no there was a lot of lot of conversations a lot of a lot of work just um, sitting down nutting stuff out um, you know people People ask a lot about Young Henry's brand, and we, you know, we spent a lot of time on that, just mm. figuring out exactly what who we wanted to be and what we wanted to represent. Uh, and then, 
the first time we tried to start the brewery, we got chased out of the area with pitchforks out of Surrey Hills. Uh, fortunately, we ended up in Newtown, which Oscar, you know, went to school there, and it's mm. kind of my spiritual home in terms of I used to sneak in and see punk bands when I was 15 there. And, <laughs> yeah. I uh, kind of grew up uh, in that environment, and it's, uh, you know, Newtown is, has its own personality, really, which I think you can see expressed in in places in Melbourne as well. Um, it's that um, no pretension, um, acceptance, but um, it's, you know, it's, it's about music, arts and culture and yeah. um, people and individuality. creating... Yeah, people doing cool stuff. Yeah, people being able to express who they are or who they want to be without someone else, you know, judging them for that. And, you know, I think that in any creative hub you need that sort of open-mindedness for people to express. Yeah. And, you know, that actually then turns into really interesting communities because people start expressing themselves in different ways. Just, you know, I mean, if you come to our brewery on a, on a you know, a weekday and you have a look around our sort of, our mismatched, uh, interesting motley crew of people, mm. um, even in the business, it's a really great interesting diverse collection of different weird humans I think, um, <laughs> I think accessibility accessibility is probably a key word to why young Henry's went from being that real crafty beer yeah. snobby kind of well, we, we never were that I, I think mm. there was there was that's probably what the norm of craft beer was yeah and young Henry's was something very different it was accessible to all in both the brand was accessible and the product was accessible. So starting with natural lager, which doing a craft lager eight years ago, which we're all drinking now, is <laughs> um, just wasn't wasn't done. Uh, most people would, as you said, we're doing pale ales and IPAs, and so to start with a natural lager and unfiltered sort of German style lager was unusual, but yes. but worked. And then having real ale and English bitter was it was beers that were very easy to drink a few of and, right. and I think that's what um, the craft market was probably needing at that time too and, and I think it was young I was just as I was coming on board I was working at the um, the Forest Lodge down the road and it was mm-hmm. the first time I ever witnessed um, craft beer being sold in jugs I've never seen that yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. you know it was going from so from being yeah it yes. had gone from being something everyone was swelling and sniffing to people yes. just buying <laughs> jugs and smashing yeah. and I went Whoa, that's a turning point. Yeah, that's just becoming people's drink. Yep, and that was important. Um, I, I think we were kind of um, trailblazers a bit in Sydney with that. I think doesn't, doesn't that feel doesn't that feel like an odd thing that not that long ago you, it was strange to think that like oh no craft beer you'd only get that in a in a pot or a scooter yeah you know, or a pint or a tulip. Yeah, or a chill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, no, I don't know. Like, like craft beer is well-made beer. Yeah. It should be drunk however you drink it. And if yeah. that's from a jug with your mates on a sunny arvo, then yeah. fucking go for I, it. I do. I do feel that's the, when I get the most excited when I'm at the bar when you know, a guy orders two schooners of or two pints, two pots, whatever <laughs> of uh, of young Henry's, and turns to his friend and says, "So, what are you up to on the weekend?" And it's, it's not even it's not a conversation. No conversation yeah. about the beer. Yeah. It's just what they do, and that's yeah. um, mm. that's lovely. Yeah. And we sat there. I was recently in Melbourne um, and sitting at 
um, the Standard, which is one of our favorite yeah. pubs in town, and Amazing. big supporters. And, and we were just sitting there, and me and, and one of our other guys from work, just actually the tennis was on, we're watching the tennis. It was cool to sit, I hadn't done that in a while, sit at a front bar and just hearing every every third or fourth beer ordered by anyone was Young Henry's and then there was Carlton Draft and then yeah. there might have been Stone and Wood and then there was, a, a, you know, probably every tenth beer might have been one of the more, the, the smaller craft beers. Yep. It was so broad, but I just, I, it was so cool to just hear, it's still cool to hear it and when yeah, we yeah. see the sales obviously yes. and we know how much we make yes but then to just see Experience it just it? like you said yeah just the, just yeah. the bit just and just realise that you actually are part of people's everyday life yeah and you are part of the fabric of like the the pub and and hospitality culture yeah um if you record that, a record, you don't get to see someone listening to it at home. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, do, you can. You can, yeah. Yeah. You do get to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hit that code I told you about. <laughs> yeah, it's that little camera to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, FBI mates. <laughs> just, yeah, tune in. <laughs> Was it, did you think about that when you actually started, that you realised that you, you were actually producing a product which brought conversation? which actually brought people together. I think that that's something that we love and yeah. have realised more in hindsight than, um, than something that we're really focused on or talking about at the time. You sure. know, yeah. I think that... that um, it's something you realise more now that yeah. beer is about sociability. It, yeah. is an, it is an occasion drink. It's about yeah, getting it's people together and mm-hmm. unwinding and catching up and... Sharing something like a great rock and roll gig, or yeah, you know, right. That's that's what brings people together. Yeah. But so many, so much of this business um, has been plotted out over beers or over coffees if it's before yes <laughs> midday. That's I mean, to take, yeah, it takes a, it takes a lot of, <laughs> takes a lot of coffee to make good beer. True. <laughs> um, that, I think that that. Um, most most good Australian plans have been hatched over beers. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Hmm. Has it been has it been tough for you guys? We talk about you talk about Newtown and, and obviously that sort of resonates in Melbourne with places like Fitzroy and like Footscray where we are now in the Victoria Hotel, that sort of that urbanness that's still cool and gritty. Has it been hard to sort of keep the ideals of the brand actually going and not try to sell out or not try to, you know, like change the direction of the initial concept? Or do you think the three having the three of you on board has actually made it so that it can't ever sell? I think we all want to talk about it to this point, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Jump, yeah. 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 jump in. Yeah. 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 Look, really quickly, I actually think that by sticking to our values, that has been what has allowed us to transcend the geography of Newtown. Mm. Because... We stand for we stand for things that people in our community in Newtown stand for, and when we turn up in other places, when if you stand for values, you will find like-minded people who also stand for those same values. Yes, that's the exchange. That's mm. a very human thing, and yeah. that's how Young Henrys has been able to get out of Newtown. Yeah, but I also think it's about finding a brand isn't one-dimensional, and and I so I think it's about also finding what's culturally relevant to that area and just talking and just shining a light on that part of the brand and that 
we've got 80 staff now. That's a lot of yeah. individuals that we are all young Henrys. It's yeah. not just us that's young Henrys. So yeah. there, some of them are keen on footy, whether that's you know AFL or whether it's league or mm-hmm. and, and there's most of us are into music. Yes. But but there's just certain elements and, and sustainability and there's parts to it that there's going to be certain areas that that's more interesting to them and we just are actually starting to get a bit better focusing on what what is relevant it's not changing who we are or changing what we do it's just more of a focus that's right yeah that's yeah. and that's probably a recent we we did find our original sort of brand values document that we we'd written down the stuff that we thought was important and it was great to see that that was still relevant with not like little bit of stuff on the edges but the core was definitely the same so yeah. you know I think it's just how you express that though mm. is the totally. as, as Dan was saying you can express that through your love of community footy you know um, like you know good, a good pub AFL team or something like that yeah. um, which is you know which definitely aligns with, our, with the values mm. of the brand or it could be as you say like you know the program we're doing with Algae where we're really you know about giving a shit um, about your environment yeah yeah so I was going to Dan, you mentioned a good point about sustainability. Like when I was doing even more research into your brand last week, why was sustainability such an important part of Young Henry's? Like when so many other players haven't really played that until the last two years, really. Because if you are in an industry and you're creating a product, you need to also be relatively responsible or stand up for the byproducts of that product. It's you know, I think that every industry, and so when I say I think, we think that every industry should have people within it, leaders within that industry, showing people, well, hey, here's here's this left of centre idea. Mm. This is how you could potentially do something better. And I'm not saying that Young Henry's has all the great ideas. There are other people, especially in the independent craft brewing space, mm-hmm. are doing some really great sustainability things. We do our things, they do theirs. We all learn from each other, and our industry gets better. Yeah. And Thankfully, we're in an industry that is excited, forward-thinking, and there is a, um, an it's onus an on... Right? Yeah, yeah, and there's an onus on ownership as well. Mm. Um, and I think that that's just a really good example. B- business can be a positive ex- example for policymakers, and we should lead, lead the way because we have the opportunity to. Totally agree. Gentlemen, you've done a lot of different interesting collabs with artists small galleries and things like this like stuff that you would never see in the beer scene or never think about like how did that come about was that just was that just some friends that you had and that's sort of how it rolled Start, started that started like that um, initially it was Peter Fenton from Crow and a band called Front and Loader uh, were the first um, ones that we did and then it grew from kind of into UMI, and then but then we just thought like it doesn't it's that's one expression of who we are that is, is the rock and roll. Let's kind of broaden that. So we went to did one with Smith Journal magazine, which is all about craftsmanship. Yeah, right. And we published the recipe in a homebrew level, so people could try the beer and make it and you know make it themselves, which I thought was a really cool idea. And um, then it kind of just spiraled well, after I think, that, didn't I it? I think there was a lot... with At that time, there was a lot of collaborating within craft breweries. So so one brewery would collaborate with another brewery, which right. is kind of cool. Yeah. But we sort of... We saw it as an opportunity to grow craft beer. So if two craft brewers team up 
there's only they're probably sharing the same fans at that point. Yeah, really. So good point. we just thought let's let's find like-minded people in other industries. Yes. So we can share each other's fans and hopefully bring people to craft beer Broad, to grow the yeah, sector. Exactly. Broaden the conversation yeah. about craft beer and also you know maybe our people that are into us can see what we're into as well and maybe yeah. discover something at the same time. Yeah, for sure. But it was a big part of when I came on board, which was only six months after the guys had opened the doors, that was the thing that already, I think it was just just done front end loader. I think it yeah. were about to do, just, just about to do you and I. And, and, and so I probably only knew collaboration as um, I, I think a lot of, a lot of, Artists would, uh, as in a lot of mu- musicians, would collaborating with each other, mm-hmm. and then so it did feel like something that not intentionally trying to um, be different than everyone, but it just felt like such a logical, cool way to meet really interesting people, and then and if the offshoot is a cool beer that you're doing together or a t-shirt or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it was yeah it was just such a cool concept that people really enjoyed as well yeah. so I think you know, ending up in the art gallery of New South Wales and doing a collaboration with a touring exhibition um, that I think that was groundbreaking at the time yeah um, was it, was that Porky's Peach Prescription? No, no, that, no, was, that was with that was with Living um, Museum, that was Sydney Living Museum. Museum. So that, that was cool. That was a historical thing, uh, yeah, which yeah. I, I I also love that too. That, that was, was fun. Yeah. Working with a historical chef was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making yeah. this beer that like told the story of the pigs eating the rotten peaches on the ground. That was the and, and then yeah. they were drunk. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was beer was nuts. The beer was a bit weird. One of the great things about collaboration is that it forces. It forces you to be creative in a different way than you have before because you are allowing an outside influence yep. in um, to, to basically push you in a direction that you probably wouldn't have thought of by yourself. So as a creative business, which Young Henry's is, we've got brewers, we've got uh, you know, artists, designers, everyone, everyone in our company is creative in some way. Yep. So to be pushing ourselves on a regular basis to be creative and also throwing in these other elements of an art gallery or a radio station or a magazine or, you know, a band, a chef, it's forcing us to actually continually be creative, to challenge ourselves and to push it. Sometimes the products have been incredible. Sometimes they haven't been as brilliant as we would have liked it. But you know what? That's fine. That's about learning and progressing and all of that and it's it's made it fun <laughs> I think we More found it has, it has to be kind of genuine doesn't it I think yeah. um, we've done a lot and the ones that most of them have been uh, us catching up or meeting someone or an organisation or whatever over a beer and then right. just hashing out some cool ideas if it hasn't been like that it, it's not quite as it hasn't worked as well. It's yeah, about sto- right. it's about storytelling. For yeah. Me. So you've right. got to really get yeah. in, get into what is what's their story and how can we tell that through a beer? Yeah. Um, or, and, or or what is what is a story that both of us want to tell together? You yeah. Know, you know, towards a, what what is the one parallel between our two? You know, yeah. an independent band and an independent brewery actually have quite a few things in common. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, like both fighting against the man. Yes. Especially with your mind. Fighting to be indie, making sure everyone knows. Yeah. yeah. All that sort of stuff. You, you know, sometimes it is that finding what is that narrative or that story that we want to talk about um, 
you know, so many, so many things in this world, people are ready to point out differences and stuff. It's really nice to actually work on projects where you're trying to actually find common ground and talk about yeah. a commonality or a shared point of view. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's fucking healthy. Yeah, totally agree. You know? Which is probably the only healthy thing that we do is beer companies. <laughs> <laughs> has, it, has it been tough to say yes to some of the collaborations when, when they are a bit left of field or you don't? Have you, felt, have you felt right in every single collaboration you've done it when you've heard it the first oh, time? I think the, for the most part we have. Um, I don't think we've, 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 said, we've said no. We've, well, we would have. We have, we yeah. have said no to a lot of things. So I think um, that's, been, that's been a point. We, if it's... I think the one that was the weirdest was the biggest. Like, we got a phone call from the management of Foo Fighters, and we, and we thought it was bullshit to start. Of course you would. Yeah, yeah. So we were. I, 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 th- I thought it was bullshit when Rosie from your PR company hit me. Up. Right. I was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be too cool. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. yeah. But then we. But then it was. Then when it got told to us, they said, "Look, Foo Fighters." Um, had put the word out and they've asked a bunch of people who, if they were going to team up with a, an independent beer company in Australia to do a beer with. Sure. Or, or I don't even know if they went that deep, but anyway, they, they, everyone kept coming back saying, well, it's got to be Young Henry's. They they genuinely support the live music scene in Australia. And they had toured with DZ Death Rays as well over in the US, who we've worked with, who Kempi, our Queensland rep, went to uni Dave with. had a new towner at the town. And he had so, a new towner. Yeah, so so, so yeah. there's a few little correlations, <laughs> but, but then it's yeah. not like... We didn't sit down with a band and have a beer and talk it through. Right. It was a little bit separated. Like, we both had... In, like, there was a lot of input from both parties, though. Yeah. But it just never had that one-on-one contact. It was the uh, two bass players working together a lot of the time. So... Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Clint, who looks after our uh, visual identity stuff, uh, is a bass player in the Dead Love, and he was working with the bass player from the Foo Fighters to kind of get the label right. Um, and they were really, but they were—they had very strong ideas and what they wanted, both both style, mm. both branding, and mm-hmm. but we had to turn it around so quick, and they were in and out of the country so quick. But it was look, we ended up getting a box at the gig, and and we took our whole company there, and that was holy was a lot of fun. shit, that a lot was raucous. <laughs> but and so it was great, but it just felt like out of all of them, we at, at the wrap up of that. Um, we thought, you know what, it's the ones that we've been able to really get together in one-on-one that mm. have worked. Um, we felt we got more out of it. Yeah. yeah. But that was great to do, and, and we were humbled and bloody honoured that they wanted to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that yeah. was crazy. I feel that after, the, after we did that beer, a lot of people asked us, okay, well... Okay, if you've done the Foo Fighters, who's next? Yeah. yeah. Expecting Did like jump the up, shark? up, up. Mm. Whereas all of us internally, we all went, no, nah, like, mm. yeah, we did that. That was big. And I think that we'd prefer to actually drop back down again. Because. Yeah, support our. Just support people that, you know, that exactly. need the help. And, but also just the stuff that we're into in terms of the like you know the local scene I yeah. guess you know supporting yeah. Australian but supporting Australian and especially Australian independent musicians yeah. and artists it's a big thing coming through for you guys actually it? feels yeah. so much better yeah. and it's yeah. so much yeah. more enjoyable restaurants, bars yeah you know um, record labels whatever you know I think we want to shine the light on Aussies doing cool stuff yeah the hustlers yeah. man the people who are actually turning up every day paying the rent 
and trying to do something creative and cultural in our country. You know, that needs to be supported. And you can be... Uh, well, you kind of have hope that by doing Foo Fighters that then people will now look at the next thing and, you know, the next things we, or the other stuff we've done and go, okay, well, that's, that's on the same level for those guys. Yeah. You know? And, um, and it is, and they should see it that way. Yeah. Please see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> When, when you get, like, you must get so many people reach out to you, uh, hospitality venues, and want your beer, right? Is it, is it hard for you, especially with restaurants and pubs, to go with that ideal that you're, you're thinking of that provador kind of establishment that you, isn't going to be, like a pub that isn't going to be bought out by Woolworths, or a pub that isn't, you know, a restaurant that isn't going to become a massive chain in order to sort of keep your ideals as part of, as part of their I think we built the we built Young Henry's with that, yeah. and and it's and you can do that. You actually lose a little bit of control um, on who can buy your beer yeah. as you grow. So so once we our motto is serve the people, and so we we worked as hard as we could early on to get our beer as available as possible. Sure. We definitely were quite picky to start with, just mm. because you in that building brand phase. Yes, um, people go, "Oh, your beer's everywhere," but those people uh, were only going into the cool places we wanted to be <laughs> yes. in. So it kind yes. of said more to, to them than than us. Than but us, yeah. but then once you start selling to the big wholesalers, which you've got to do, once you um, you want your beer to be readily available to people all over the country. You, you kind of have to give a bit of control. You have to give it all control away at that point. But but it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change who your brand is. So you've just got to make sure you continue to give the same level of support to the independent retailers and then and the little the little sort of corner wine bar yes. that you would give the best that's what we've always said yeah. that we wouldn't do anything with the big guys that we wouldn't do with uh, with the small guys as well that's sure. that's how you sort of keep doing that and you've just got to stick to your brand in all the other aspects but it, as far as who can buy your product you do lose mm. control of that um, yeah at, at around that's okay. four years in yeah it's okay like I think it's the, the beer should be drunk by anyone that wants to drink it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but is that how you sort of feel you sort of stay grounded in your brand ideals is that you do help that small wine you know beer bar you do really work with those small restaurants that come up that you you know really want to connect with them and associate with them and the collaboration has been so important yeah, as well yeah you do you will and look we've really um we're very proud to work hard with our we don't just sell beer yeah. to customers we work with them and and add value as yeah. much as we can yeah, we have partnerships agree. with them not contracts like the big guys have sure. and we just say because we're from hospitality as well yes. we know that um, doing staff training and bar shouts and, and bringing staff into the brewery to show them how things are done that adds a lot of value actually to the venue that hires them as well It's mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're doing those cool things for them they're probably happier to stay where they are which helps with staff retention so we'll, we work pretty closely with those and it just broadens out as we grow and, and we but we, we've it doesn't matter if they're, they're huge and buying heaps of us or they're small and buying bugger all that we sort of try and treat them all the same way I think that's how you keep your brand exactly I mean the way to think about it if you're talking to a a restaurant or wine bar with a seating of 40 yep or you're speaking to you know a big pub with which can fit 1200 people on a busy weekend 
both of them are selling Young Henry's to 100% of their customers. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to really treat them. Point. You've got to treat them the same. Yeah. And I know that scale. It's the first time you've ever said that. That's genius. Really? Like that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can use that. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it just needs someone to sum it up, I've right? Never, <laughs> I've never thought about it. Well, like it's exactly that. what we do, but he's just said it. That's a three-bit comment. Two and a half bit. Oh, we better celebrate tonight. Yeah. Well, well, I think you've hit our, you know, our perfect amount of beer, like, and yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. This is like it's like the pool ratio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the pool game podcast. <laughs> when you jump in the pool, mate. Oh, no, sorry, no, right, playing pool. Go no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, guys. In the last last couple of years, I've noticed like obviously the the cider scene has come from you know the UK. The UK loves cider before they start drinking beer. Obviously, the West Coast of of America with a lot of sours coming through and that kind of stuff. Has it been hard for you guys to sort of see that come in and really stay really centred on what you want to do? Like, have you tried to dabble in those two areas to... Sort of something we did from the outset, and our our IPA was always something that was going to evolve, and it's been through many evolutions to become the IPA that it is today. Uh, So... Uh, there's a part of the creativity where you have a like a pure idea that's yours and you want to execute it but then there's the influences as well mm. uh, and it's also what the customer wants in the day and what they what they're telling you across the you know when they're when they're drinking the beer or you you know meet them across the tasting room bar or whatever it's like hey you guys I really love you you know leave what you do I'd love it if you did X you know yeah. and I was like well that sounds great like Let's talk about that some more. And it also comes from the, you know, as, as Dan said, we've got 80 staff now. We've got a, a fantastic brewing team. They're coming up with creative ideas all the time. Yeah, so um, it's really just letting letting the reins out and letting them, letting them see what happens. But there's a commercial reality to what you can do ongoing. So we've got a core range and it's it's great and we've got to focus on that. And and But, yeah, it's when we talk about it and you, we, we're actually going over to the US to sort of on a bit of a recce to see exactly what is going on. We've got a fair idea, but yeah. what does the next, you know, three to five years look like for young Henry's? We want to go over and get some inspiration over there. And sure. the, the Australian market is following the US, but not everything will follow um, straight away. Yeah. There's the whole, you know, near beer stuff going on with seltzers. And, mm. and the sour thing, I honestly... We had our Melbourne crew constantly talking about sours for a while, saying that they're probably taking over the cider taps, and yep. and I, you know, I was looking at more of a national view, saying, oh, I don't think that's that's really happening as much as you're saying. But they were saying that 12 months ago, and now I'm probably starting to see that is the reality as well. Sours are probably here to stay, I would say. Yeah, so right. it's so about it's about having we've got a thing called the B sides, which is where the brewers get to try something funky and weird and. And we'll see how it goes. And if something that we do in B-Sides goes really well, and we might do it again to see if it was just a fluke or a one-off. And, and then I guess that's the way that we'll trial beers and beer styles. And Sours is probably the next one that is, seems to be, if you know, it's, it's additional volume, it's an additional product that you're not currently 
got for it's your got, fans? It's got to be something I think that's unique in the landscape. You can't, you don't want to be something just just following it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to, you've got to be adding to the conversation that's about the challenge, beer. isn't it? That's really the challenge. Yeah, it's got to. Um, it's also got to be exciting and newsworthy and worth us talking about. And needs to needs to get full buy-in from our team. It can't be just. Well, everyone else is doing this, so we're going to do. No, it. We're going to do one, you know. Oh, like that would suck. That would suck. Yeah. and all of our crew would think that that would suck as well. Mm-hmm. But know, I, like, I listened to a podcast the other day. This US brewery, which are all calling themselves beverage companies now because they're doing a lot of non-beer stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. and so when they first pitched the idea of seltzers, hard seltzers to the the brew team, everyone went piss off. We're not doing that. Yeah. And yeah. Two years down the track, now they at first they just said, look, let's give it a go. It's like. It's like brewing a, a really, really clean pilsner. It's very hard. There's no, no, nothing to hide behind. You've got to mm. be really pure with it. Two years down the track, it's their most drunk internal beer or oh, product. Right. Sorry, because, yeah, it, it's so... That was like maybe, mid-strength for us. That's right. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we're just two or three or more years away from that here. I don't know. But it's you, you want to be at the forefront, but you don't have to be at the forefront of everything. I think... We can, you know, there's some things that we'll test the water with. and, and That's so, actually yeah. been a really funny thing, right? If when we, were, when we were starting Young Henry's, if you'd have said, in eight years, all of your staff... Eight years to start with. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in eight Liar. years, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're still going to be paying this off, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, if you'd have said, in eight years... Most of your staff around the country will be drinking your mid-strength beer. Wow. I would have said, fuck off, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you exactly. kidding me? No way. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? But we weren't 40, mate. Were we? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, and Oscar's not yet. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, yeah. I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we're talking about mid-strength. Like, where do you... Where do you see this zero Where do you guys alcohol? get off? Oh. <laughs> Where do you see the so, zero alcohol wow. thing? Like that well, zero the... alcohol bar that's open in the UK. I mean, like, wow. scares what, me. What do you think is going on? Oh, look, there's, a, there's obviously... There's a place for it, right? Yes, we were talking about mindful consumption before, mm. and I do think there is a space for, like, zero to, to low mm-hmm. um, alcoholic products, um, whether it's beer or... You know, I think, I think the sour category fits into that quite often you can you can have flavour without we well, can have like a whole and still have flavour yeah um, which is always a challenge in making a good like a whole beer mm. um, you can do it with sours probably easy, like more easily really or more, more readily yeah absolutely yeah like, right yeah. okay uh, so I, yeah it's going to be a fascinating um, couple of years I think where this goes um, you know we're looking at a whole range of different things that are, you know, possibilities. You know, we, we did a hemp IPA. We're kind of fascinated by where that may end up, um, whether it's um, legalised THC or yeah. CBD or, um, what, you know, what else is what else is coming? Um, what do you, what do you feel, now you've touched on that, what do you feel about that? Because obviously the West Coast is, in, in America, is mm. like, do you think, do you think, that hemp kind of beer is going to come through and actually... I'd love... I, I would love to see that happen. Um, we, we're, we're big advocates uh, for decriminalisation, legalisation. Um, yep. But I'm more interested in 
not the THC side, yes. the other, yeah, the other aspects yeah. Of, yeah. of it and what that could do for people's well-being and sociability. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I CBD, think yeah. Yeah. hemp oil, yeah. you know, all of these things are really... They're the other parts of the plant that, you know, actually are really beneficial for humans. Yes. And unfortunately, because of the THC compound, they don't get the same sort of airtime. Yeah. And really, that that's where the focus should be. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I almost, yeah. sorry, I almost feel like prohibition sort of pushed that plant into making it more psychoactive mm. um, and really trying to amp up the. The THC to the detriment of the other. Um, it's a very, it's a very complex thing. It's like you know, if you think of um, THC and CBD as Duplo, there's mm. a lot of Lego. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it goes along with it as well. Yeah, totally. Agree. And uh, that's where it gets interesting. Yeah, yeah. It will happen. It, it's going to happen. It's, I, it's I, it inevitable. Is. Right? That's right. That's yeah. right. And I think. Canberra seem like they've taken that it's next little step. It's inedible. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I think it's it will happen, and it, it's just a matter of time. And and I think we'll. Um, there's a couple of companies like ours that have done a a one-off hemp beer. There's a, a we did a water soluble hemp mm. um, IPA, and it was wow. cracking. And um, I think there's going to be more and more market for that. It was the craziest bit about that beer was. You could make it. It was legal to make it. You just couldn't talk about it. And when we no, tried to really? brand it, there was there was so many restrictions around what you could and couldn't say or write wow. or do that it was it was a bit of a joke. Yeah. So so I guess all that part of it hasn't caught up um, with the actual change of laws that you can put it in the an edible product. It's yeah. a it's a bizarre it's a bizarre world where you can use a product like hemp seed oil in a beer but you're not allowed to show a depiction of the leaf of the plant because that might depict you getting bent you know like you're not allowed to use the colour green you're not allowed to use a whole list of these different words wow you know like it was a hazy IPA but we couldn't say hazy yeah because hazy might make you think mean high yeah Yeah. exactly but it doesn't it means hazy the beer is hazy yeah yeah Yeah, it has haze yeah that's a measurable variable yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) with haze no that was a funny one probably the weirdest the weirdest time I've had with uh, liquor licensing was up in up in Queensland which is notoriously very tough yeah uh, it's actually much easier to be down here in Melbourne. Yeah, um, that's why we're here. But I, <laughs> exactly right. Um, so I had a poster inside the venue, which showed a happy hour that we were promoting. Oh yeah, which is actually is actually legal to promote so you can't it see inside it from the, street. the venue. That's right. But I had the windows open. Oh, there you time, go. So you can see it from the and street. And you can see it from yeah. the street. And then I got told off and yeah. told off be fined thousands of dollars if I closed the windows. Crazy. Just really weird behaviour. Illogical, well, yeah. Yes. Or you, you, sir, are the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I'm enticing people yeah, to drink. We've, yeah. we've, we've, we've battled with council when we first started. Um, yeah. We've, you know, fortunately these guys let me go and fight for... Um, Fight for the right to party, I guess. With uh, <laughs> uh, trying to change some laws around liquor licensing and uh, planning, all that sort of stuff in New South Wales. And yeah. um, now I'm on the board of the Independent Brewers Association, so looking at nationally, trying to you know look at the, look at those sort of types of things that sure. are yeah, but, 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 like you know legislatively, 
I guess you don't realise how controlled we are until you kind of go overseas and go, oh, well, I can step outside the pub with a glass yeah. in my hand and no one's going to try and, you know... Hit me over the head. Hit me over the but head. But then there's a big difference, exactly, like Melbourne to Sydney to Brisbane. Yes. All very different. Very, very different. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, um, and when you're running national campaigns to try and cater to each of those, it's... Um, yeah, really tough, right? Yeah, it's, in- it's, a, yeah. it's also odd how hard... Um, businesses like like you know booze producers um, and you know the hospitality industry how many you know hurdles there are in the way Mm. we're contributing a huge amount of tax to the federal budget we are creating so many jobs hospitality and brewers winemakers distillers we are supporting and making the tourism industry Work, yeah. you know, allowing people interesting Australian-focused products and experiences when they come into the country. We're a tourism-led country. Yeah. But the amount of hurdles that are still in the way from the government, just, it, it's not actually, it's not at the right scale, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, absolutely. for the amount, especially, like, we see our tax bills, so we, we're thinking, well... If that's what we're doing, then the rest of our industry are doing something similar. Totally. Why isn't... I reckon the Prime Minister should open every single fucking speech with, thank the craft brewers. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Do we want him as an advocate? No, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, right. Sorry, I meant when we get a new one. Yeah, right. The craft brewers and then he'd go into what he says. Um, so two more questions before I let you guys, um, let you guys go. Um, was it hard to not just be New South Wales and hard not to be local? And the reason I ask that is obviously beer is such a local thing and it has become a local thing after the last 10 or 15 years with the emergence of craft breweries. Was it hard to get into Queensland? Was it hard to get into Victoria? And how I, did you do it? I, I, think it, I think it was. They took a, took a long time, particularly in Melbourne, for people to figure out that we were genuine. Yeah, right. Dan, you can probably tell the story more. Yeah, I, I, I think the reason we did it is because, A, we had a lot of mates interstate who yeah. were keen on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we just saw it like we were really proud of what we built. And, um, and so it seemed like the logical next bit to spread it around all of sure. Australia. We, we, I think when you're in Sydney, I think the local thing's probably not as relevant if you're in Sydney. I think if you're in Sydney, you feel like it's all you, you want to be part of all of Australia, but there's certain other parts of Australia that might not be as much like that. Really? So yeah, I thought the opposite. Yeah, I, may, I don't know. That's how we saw it. But I, 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 don't, I don't think Sydney, like New South Wales, is as parochial as yeah, other I don't parts think they of are. other parts mm-hmm. of Australia. I think we had to earn our stripes here in Melbourne, and, and that's okay. I think they needed to see that we were locally relevant, and, mm-hmm. and we had. Um, we, were, we were doing things to support the local community, which we did anyway, and so yeah. that took a bit. Queensland Open Arms, um, really? yeah, we went there early though, yes. and that we went there before Green Beacon opened and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So right. I, I think I, I, I lived up there years ago, and so mm-hmm. I and I had family up there, stuff, yeah. so I, I, that, it was an easier sort of transition first up. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it was um, it's. There's probably more of that more recently, and that's come with. There was a hundred breweries when we started. What is that now? Six hundred? Is that what it's at? And, and growing. Yeah. yeah. So, so I get that wow. people. I, 
I, I don't want to take away people's sort of ability to support their local like we got support like I you know that's it's amazing how much we've been supported in the inner west in Sydney and so I, we're not trying to take anything away from the other all the little guys starting now and, and their locals but I think we have built something um, both brand and product that is Australia wide and yeah. so we, we are pretty strong on continuing to try and get that out there one of the beautiful things about having a business that has a set of values is that we make decisions based on those values and we try to make partnerships and do business with people that see those values as being important so the beauty in that is that if someone doesn't like that or want to do business with it with us then we're okay with that because if they're not down with our values then Mm. you know what that's a sign of bigger differences to come yeah of course but it also means that you can pretty much go anywhere and if you find someone who's like-minded and you actually find someone that listens to what your business is about and actually does a little bit digging says you know what yeah you might be from sydney but you look after independent musicians you support live music Mm. you're trying to do better than most in a sustainability um you know mindset yeah like you're a cultural company that their values of mine that's why i live in melbourne Mm -hmm. and you know what that's yeah, cool. Yeah, makes sense. You're aligned with their values, and they go, "Well, that's yeah, that makes sense for me to be part of what you're doing." Yeah, yeah. And we've always said inclusive yeah. and accessible, and that kind of went to that as well. Do you find that's got stronger over the last couple of years? Like that, that people are really caring much more about the, what the brand stands for than when you guys started eight years ago. Uh, or do you I, think it's something I, as you've got stronger talking about your brand ideas I kind of feel like that's always more. been part of our customer mm. base mm. you know the people that well because it's, it's hard for us to say but they, you know because because the people we talk to locally obviously get it and now when we when we travel then yeah. people come but you know the feedback we get is oh, I love that thing that you did with that person or yeah, yeah. I love the thing you know I love that algae thing you're doing or whatever yeah. Um, yeah. so People have always given a shit. I think so. I think it did. I think when we started was probably when it was the the rise of um, coffee and wine. Yeah, and I, I think wine and so. coffee probably came a bit before craft beer. Yes. But it, but that's when people did give it. That's when people really started to give a shit. They they want to know the backstory, mm. and that was and that was because of that. It's helped young Henrys a lot. I think. Yeah. So, boys, last question: like, where to next? Like, you've developed this amazing brand. It's killing it doing amazing collaborations all about sustainability all about the ideals you wanted to start with like what do you want to take to take it next oh, I thought you were going to tell us <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's right. Right. That's I want, now I want to do a collaboration <laughs> with yeah, yeah, a competitive yeah. podcast but that's yeah. why we I think we are in a, a phase where we're actually asking ourselves that as well we, yeah. we we're extremely proud of what we've done but we also have got a huge appetite to keep going mm. um, I think we're, we're, as we said, we're, we're going to head over and um, go to the craft beer conference over in America in a few months and, and then also go speak to a bunch of brewers that have sort of been there and done that and, and broken through the noise a bit in the US right. um, cool. to try and get a little bit of their view, their advice, um, some ideas. Um, it's, not, it's not that we're out of ideas, but no, we just... I, we, I was going to say, the calendar's pretty full already. Yeah, I yeah, think, but it's... I think we can talk about... 
like now, but we've got a pretty busy calendar coming up. With yeah, full of yeah. exciting stuff. Um, I I love the International Women's Day beer that's yeah. coming out pretty soon. Um, yeah. Where all the women in our company basically took over and yeah. um, and managed the whole thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. Did a Bergamon. IPA, uh, New England IPA, which was amazing. <laughs> it tastes tastes, tastes so incredible. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cracking beer, yeah. and it was, it was brewed by quality, controlled by, sold by, marketed by, all the women in our company. How and did that come about? Because we've now got enough women in our crew that we threw them an opportunity. We said, hey... Well, you know what happened? They went out for dinner together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of pissed chats, yeah, mate. Yeah. 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 Took over. Good. Yeah. But the the, the, the um, International Women's Day beer thing is, is has been going for a bit in the beer scene, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, this is this is just one of the ones that we've done. There's a, yeah. there's a bunch that are doing it. Yeah. Um, this is our one. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to say what's coming up in the future because if you... If you notice, one of the um, constant themes of this uh, this chat has been, in hindsight, yes. in hindsight, yeah. in hindsight, <laughs> yeah, totally. in hindsight. Yeah. So you know, we only have hindsight. There's a lot of there's a lot of gut going on here. What's the opposite of, of hindsight? <laughs> we should learn to have. Wait that. a second. <laughs> hindsight is 2020. Yes. It's 2020 uh, right oh, now. Maybe this is our year. That's heavy. This that's is right. heavy. This is where we're going to start looking forward. Have you already got hemp in your beer. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that were legal. You yet. know when I ducked off to the toilet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. It's inedible. All right. <laughs> well, we hope we haven't ruined your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're better use this one. <laughs> Uh, it actually hasn't been on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Now we're going to start. Good practice. Uh, gentlemen, what is the, uh, what's the best way for people to find out more about Young Henry's beer? Walk into your local pub and say, tell me about Young Henry's beer and can I have one? <laughs> no, yeah. yes, do that. Jump online, uh, younghenrys.com, and there's a, um, what's it called, where you find out where to buy it? What is yeah, that? There's Insta. Just, yeah, you'll find us. You just just fucking Google do, it. Do, do the, do <laughs> it's called something on the website where you find the beer. Like beer finder. Yes. 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 Okay, great. That's how to get the beer. That's how to find out about Yeah, but that's how to get the beer. Because you want to drink the beer while you're finding out about the beer. True. Yeah. That's a good point. It's good thinking. Yeah. That's why you're in sales. I'm in sales. <laughs> <laughs> Go and buy the beer, please. Uh, and thank, thank you. Thanks to the Victoria Hotel for hosting us here in Footscray. Yes. Uh, in Melbourne. Uh, Dan, Richard, Oscar, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the chat. Thank you, Sean DeVries. Cheers. <laughs>Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. In these hard times, I really wanted to put something out that was really funny and jovial uh, with some founders who are just exceptional at what they do and, and, and really doing everything for the right reason. So I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, we're working on some new things at the moment with Open Pantry Consulting in these hard times and really th- I'm thinking about the business and how we can pivot and move to some consulting stuff but also how to make the podcast even better in 2020 so excited for that as always leave me any feedback on instagram open pantry consulting just search for it you'll find it and uh until next time take care